Hello, and welcome to the Department 12 podcast. I am joined tonight by Harry Crane and Ryan Martin. How's it going, guys? Very well. Thanks. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so let's start with Ryan. Ryan Martin, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, and, and um, what you studied, and how you got to this point? Uh, sure. Uh, well, so I'm a, a associate professor of statistics at uh, North Carolina State University. Um, my background is, of course, in, in statistics. So I, uh, I graduated from uh, Purdue University in 2009. I guess the work that I do is sort of in this pure kind of statistics. So I, I, I like uh, some foundations of statistics and probability. You know, so I'm, I guess I'm working in sort of various areas of uh, statistics and probability, and in particular, some kind of uh, Bayesian asymptotics is some uh, some area that I work in. Okay, I understood the first half of that. But so, Harry, could you tell us, uh, Harry Crane, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a uh, associate professor of statistics at Rutgers, and my research area is in, I guess, also in statistics. But I guess my main focus has been in probability theory uh, for the past several years, and in network. So you guys have created a platform called Researchers One. Help. Help us understand what this is in relation to the kind of peer-reviewed journals we might be used to publishing in and reviewing on. So Researchers One is a publishing platform. It's an online platform. Anyone can use it. Um, it's open to any researcher. And I guess the the key thing to um, the key thing to emphasize about the site is that it's about giving the researcher freedom and control over the publication process. And so where it differs from uh, the, the main difference, I would say, from uh, the traditional journal, although there are various other differences and maybe we'll get into those, is that the, uh, the authors control the publication process from start to finish. And that includes uh, the peer review process. So the, the authors would identify um, whatever peer reviewers, whoever they would like uh, to review the paper, whoever they think would, would, give, would be willing, would be able to give them. Um, good feedback to improve the quality of the paper, and ultimately the decision of whether the, wh- whether the paper gets published would be in the researchers uh, would be the researchers' decision. And there's various reasons for that that uh, we could go into if you'd like. Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that. Um, one thing I want to clarify up front, and maybe Ryan could address this, is you know both Harry and Ryan are statistics guys. Is this for statistics focused research or any kind of research? Well, so the, I mean, the intention is that this would be a, uh, this is a platform really for researchers in any, uh, in any area. So it's not specific to, to statistics at the moment. If you go to visit the site, of course, you'll see a good bit of the papers there on probability and statistics. Uh, but that, I mean, that's sort of no indication of what, uh, what the site is actually meant for. So our, our, we're totally open in the sense, you know, from, anthropology to zoology we're we're interested in any any kind of area any research any researchers in any area are welcome to to submit things to uh, researchers one harry maybe you could tell us why is it that an io psychologist for example would want to publish here you know maybe get into some of those details about you know why you think it's important that the researcher has control over the process the key the key idea and really the key principle uh behind this platform is um, academic freedom. And I think that no matter who you talk to, a researcher or an academic in any field, I think that that's something that um, anybody would agree on is that you know we, we support academic freedom. And, and that's what this platform is, you know, that's what we're aiming to provide here. I guess what, what really motivated us to create the platform was that 
you know, we, we've been through the peer review process. We've been through the publication process ourselves uh, for a number of years. You know, everybody has their um, issues and their trials and tribulations with the peer review process. And that's all fine. We've had them as well. But the, the real reason that we uh, wanted to create this was because the existing process just doesn't serve the purpose that uh, we believe it should, which is to improve the quality of our work. So um, even with all the headaches that you go through in submitting papers, having them revised, having them rejected and so on, um, ultimately, if it was if we if if the work was improved as a result of this, and sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times it just takes much longer than it needs to. If it was worth all of that trouble, then we would have no need to create this site. But um, unfortunately, we, you know, we, we have things like the replication crisis and, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that current process kind of gets in the way of good scholarship. And so um, what, this, what this is aiming to do is simply strip away a lot of the um, barriers that really serve an administrative purpose. You know, peer review is, is intended to serve as, you know, the scholarly purpose to improve the quality of research. Um, but it's been co-opted into this mechanism for filtering research, for suppressing research, you know, more as an, an, an administrative mechanism um, for the accept-reject uh, decisions at journals. And I believe that that's really corrupted, uh, corrupted the process. And so for somebody who is interested in simply being able to go about their business, research, you know, work on what they want to work on, you know, study what they want to work on and present that work however they feel is the best way to communicate it, this is the platform I think that, that they should look into. Uh, you know, Harry actually, his, his focus there was sort of kind of mainly on from an individual researcher's point of view that, you know, that maybe there are certain aspects of the process which are not, uh, they don't actually help an individual author to do a, a better job. Um, I think there's, you know, another aspect to this, which is the, the effect that it has on the science. This, so Harry was mentioning about sort of academic freedom. And so one of the things that, you know, I guess that can happen is, well, you know, there's these certain journals that have the, you know, higher, highest reputation, you know, when, when authors are in some way sort of forced through this kind of publisher, publisher parish type of, of, of uh, environment, um, they're you know, sort of forced to do what is sort of acceptable quality work in those journals. And so that somehow limits what a researcher is actually able to do. Um, that you somehow, if you're forced to be inside to, to publish in these to, the top tier journals, and the top tier journals only focus on certain areas, or there are certain kind of style of papers which are the things that get published in those journals, and that takes away from some of the the researchers' freedom. And so we're trying to take away all of that, strip away those kinds of things which can uh, hinder what a researcher is able to do. That makes sense. Uh, let me ask you this: so one of the I don't know if you call it a, a service or like one of the standards of a traditional journal is that, you know, if I submit a paper, they're going to find peer reviewers for that paper or, you know, they might ask me for suggestions, but it's ultimately going to be up to, to the editor of that journal. So if I want to publish on researchers, one, who peer reviews it and how do they how do they do it? As you said, the, if you submit to a traditional journal, they'll they'll get the, they'll get the referees for you. But the reason they're getting the referees, of course, is for a different is for their own purposes, right? It's to for them to men, make a, an editorial decision. The uh, on researchers, one the decision of who would referee your paper would be is, is completely up to you. 
you've written the article, you know who are the uh, experts in this area and who would be in the best position to evaluate the work. You would pick reviewers who you think uh, would be in the best position to help you improve the quality of your work and give an honest assessment of the work. Um, and so the focus really, importantly, the focus of the ref- the referee's focus in this case is to help the author in the sense of providing constructive feedback to improve the, improve their work as opposed to providing, um, providing, you know, a report to an editor ultimately to make a decision of whether or not to accept or reject the paper. So the focus is also different. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm wondering about sort of the timing of it. They'll submit a paper and they get some feedback. Even some of the good feedback sometimes relates to decisions that should have been made earlier in the process, like things about research design or uh, choice of statistical analysis. Is it the same way on researchers one, or can I get feedback earlier in the process, maybe even before I go about you know, conducting my experiment or analyzing my data? I, I should add one thing, which I, I, I is, is very important, actually, and maybe is one of the key differences. Uh, you know, one of the one of the differences with the platform is that the traditional way of doing peer review is you. I, I suppose you, the editor, or some system sends an email, and it's a private correspondence between the editors and the uh, reviewers, and that option is still available on researchers. One that's that those correspondence would be between the author and the reviewers, but. Um, another thing uh, which we offer and which most of the most of the uh, authors who have submitted to the site so far have chosen is a public peer review option. So when you submit the paper, the article is posted publicly and anyone can comment and provide uh, referee feedback. So you don't have to, in, in principle, identify specific referees for the paper, although it still helps to direct people's attention to the work. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I guess I mean. You, so you asked, like, I think, a, a, a couple of different things. One was um, sort of how does this, um, you know, how does this process go? So you mentioned about uh, you know having to wait maybe a long time to to you know get feedback and things. And so, uh, in particular, if you uh, authors who choose this uh, uh, public peer review option, um, these things. Uh, so in this case, basically, the reviews come in in real time. So I mean, that is that whenever someone writes you a report, makes a comment on paper, you see it immediately. Um, so you actually, in principle, can immediately then respond and maybe make a revision based on the, the feedback that you got. So, uh, in fact, uh, one of the papers that Harry and I posted, we got a couple couple comments on the very first day that it was posted, uh, and we had revised the paper the very next day. I mean, these things can happen actually very quickly. And I think that's actually helpful because, uh, you know, we often, I know for me personally is that I, you know, I may submit a paper at some point and then I don't get the feedback for six months. And then I've sort of, it's totally off my mind. And then it's very difficult to get back into that project and, and, you know, think carefully about it again. So I think being able to get this, uh, feedback right away is actually very valuable. And I think that, I mean, that's, a, I think, a good way to improve uh, both the quality and the the, the pace of, of, of science. But so you, you also mentioned one maybe specific thing, which was about um, actually getting feedback before you do a study. And so I, I think this is, you know, one kind of aspect. There's a lot of talk uh, I see in, in online people talking about this uh, registered reports and some kind of strategy where you can basically say, this is what I'm going to do. And then 
that your, uh, I guess what your plans can be evaluated by a peer review. Um, and so there's actually nothing stopping authors from uh, implementing a system like that through the researchers one platform. Uh, the idea being is that you can essentially, you can submit your, your work, which is to describe your study and maybe how you plan to do the data analysis and so forth. And then that can be peer reviewed and you can get some feedback from this and then go on to carry out this, the study that you had intended or make some revisions. Um, so it's actually a very flexible uh, kind of system. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that, uh, we talked about before and we get this question a lot, which is, uh, in what way is, is, is it different from a journal? Uh, is it a journal? Uh, you know, is it a preprint server? Exactly. What is it? The, 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 the easy answer to say is that it's, it's neither of those things, but it also, it's also, but both of those things and it's much more than that. In other words, um, there's, there's a lot of flexibility in the platform and how it's used. And we're actually talking now about, adding some features, adding a number of features to the platform that would make it even more flexible. For all intents and purposes, that it can be it, it can serve all of the purposes that a journal serves and it can serve all of the purposes that a preprint server serves. And so as far as I'm concerned and the way that I intend to use it and the way that I have used it is that it, it is a journal and it is where I'll publish my work. But there's other ways to use it uh, as Ryan just mentioned may may in other fields may have other ways of other ways that the publication process works and register pre-registration is something that's uh being discussed right now especially with the replication crisis and that's also something that can be done as a way of getting feedback prior to doing a study or as a way of getting uh, feedback prior to submitting to a traditional journal there's a, there's many different ways that that some that one could uh, take advantage and uh, use the uh, features that the platform has to offer if I could go forward a hundred years or let's say just five years, what do you see as, you know, the future? Where is this, where is researchers one going? I guess this gets to some of our, maybe some of our plans uh, that were, you know, things that we're interested in implementing, you know, beyond what's already there. And so Harry and I have talked about this uh, now quite a bit is so a, a new feature that we would uh, are intending to, to, imp, to, to put into the system um, is one uh, which is based on this sort of concept of an overlay journal. Um, so an overlay journal is this is a system in which a somehow a journal is not doesn't actually exist. It's not in this sort of uh, paper type of form. Um, it's that this journal essentially is just a curation. If someone curates papers and calls it a journal. Um, and so, you know, for example, you could do something like this where uh, there's a, um, so this uh, journal discrete analysis um, has an editorial board. And what this editorial board does is just to identify papers that they think are interesting. And those papers uh, live on the archive platform, uh, but they're, you know, listed in a table of contents of this, uh, this, of this journal. Um, so what uh, we had in mind was actually to uh, give Really, any user of the platform um, give them the, the the ability to be the editor of their own overlay journal. And the thought would be is that this you know individual user can do their own. They can curate these uh, 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 papers. They could be their own papers. They could be papers of someone they know. They could be papers published on Researchers One. They could be published elsewhere. They could be blog posts or uh, uh, podcasts. Uh, the thought would be is that somehow what it, what counts as a publication is now a very different thing in this uh, you know modern era, and so it would be nice if this could be reflected in the in the literature. There is there's no sort of 
one journal. It's that basically everyone owns a journal. And maybe the way that you, you know, now the strategy for researchers is to try to publish their papers in those sort of quote, uh, top tier journals. And that's how you establish yourself as a, um, a leading researcher. Maybe in this uh, uh, new era, uh, the, the strategy would be to have your paper published in as many of these user owned uh, journals as possible. Um, so that's somehow you'd be building your network, uh, not by being published in one top journal that maybe only a few people actually read, uh, but by being visible on many of these uh, 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 overlay journals. There, so there's there's something I'd like to add on that over on the overlay journal, which is uh, I th- this is something that I think is really important, and I'm I'm really excited about because it's something that I think sets us apart from all other you know a lot of other outlets that have you know tried to do something different in the in the uh, publication in the realm of publication, which is. You know, one of the questions a lot of people ask, which is, well, how do people find out about my work? You know, if I publish here, as Ryan mentioned, the way that you do it now is you try to get published in a prestigious journal. Um, but this really, uh, and, and as as we know that this that's that's something that really creates a lot of bad incentives in the uh, in the academic in the academic world. That's an example of of you know Goodhart's law in economics that when the when the measure becomes a target, uh, it's no longer a good measure. And so then the target becomes just publication. And of course, uh, there's many ways to game that system. But the overlay journal and the fact that you're not limited to just publishing your work in one place, but you can be featured in a number of places is a much more organic way to recognize high quality work. Um, Because what's going to happen is high quality work is going to be recommended by a lot of people. So the way that good work gets recognized is it gets broadcast not by one prestigious outlet, but by a lot of different outlets. And of course, different individuals' overlay journals might are, are likely to have different influence and a different uh, number of followers and all of that. But uh, the way to the way to get noticed in this system would be to do good work and to have it recognized by a large number of people. And then the network effects would really be the way that the work gets spread. That's what that's what we really envision for the uh, for the next couple of years. Let me play the role of a skeptic listening to the show right now. What if I decide that my peer reviewer is my Uncle Joe? You know, like, what is what is preventing me from publishing a bunch of low-quality work uh, just to get my you know, publications up? I mean, I mean, what's holding me accountable for doing quality work other than, you know, obviously my own sense of ethics and, and what's right for the field? Yeah, well, that gets to um, exactly the thing that I just said. For the The answer to your question is that nothing stops that. Then you have to. Then we have to ask. Well, is that a problem? And there's an, there's an inclination to think that that's a problem. Um, but it's only a problem in the current system. Uh, in the current system, you have every incentive to publish low quality work. If you can get a low quality piece of work into Nature or Science, you have every reason to do that because there's prestige associated with that publication. Publishing a low quality piece of work on a platform that doesn't have any barriers to entry carries no prestige. The only way to get recognized is to do good work. You know, there's a difference between um, going through the barriers of the current process where there's a sense that, and actually Ryan and I, we have a paper that we've written and we posted it on, um, on, on researchers one, which is arguing that this filtering mechanism, this accept reject paradigm that we currently operate in is actually pose is actually uh, creating 
these inverse incentives, which actually lowers the quality of the scientific literature and leads to things like the replication crisis. And so you can read that and see whether you what, what you think of that argument. You know, right now, since the since the the measure of quality research is supposedly getting published in prestigious journals, and that's what people target, and then they do things like p hacking, and they find any way they possibly can to get into those journals, and that means that publishing in those journals becomes no longer a good measure of quality work. Nothing stops you from picking your best friend to be your peer reviewer, but you also don't necessarily benefit from that either. If you ask some your friend to review a paper of yours. And he just says it's great, and then you publish it, and there's a bunch of mistakes in it. That's only going to make you look bad because the the people who read the platform know that the authors have the final decision over whether the work gets published, and it's their responsibility to ensure the quality of their own work. Yeah, so it's sort of like uh, the Spider Man thing with power comes responsibility. So there's maximum freedom, you know, it's, there's maximum freedom for the researcher or the scholar in this case, but there's also maximum responsibility for ensuring the quality of it because there's not a gatekeeper who's going to say yay or nay. There's just the marketplace of ideas that's going to judge the quality of the work. Exactly. And there's also for every, for any, every article, uh, there's also uh, any article that's published also, there's a comments feature and a post-publication feature. So anybody can come and comment publicly on your work. So they could, in principle, criticize it, point out mistakes, or just engage in a discussion, uh, you know, a, you know, about the merits of the work. And so there's also that way of holding authors accountable. I guess the positive side of this, uh, the comment feature. So of course, the comment feature isn't strictly for someone to just uh, pick on you for any mistakes or, or whatever. It's actually supposed to create a dialogue in like current system. There's only really talk about a paper in this kind of peer review sense before the paper's published. And then once the paper's published, then I mean, in principle, nobody talks about it anymore because there's, it's, it's final. Uh, but the thought would be is that this creates a situation where readers and authors can actually communicate about the work after the paper has been published. And so this is a good way maybe for new collaborations to develop or you know, just more generally just some uh, developing some new ideas. So you mentioned the replication crisis and it got... Um, you know, my juice is flowing. You know, one of the use cases I could see for a platform like this is replications because they're as important as everyone says they are. They tend to not get published, uh, whether they reproduce the original results or something close to it or not, because, you know, the top tier journals and, and really any journals, they're going for novelty. And so they, they tend not to go for that. They tend to go for something brand new. You know, one use case for this is, you know, a you know, replication studies, null finding studies. That's another area that, you know, the file drawer effect is is definitely a factor, I think, in IO psychology as well, where, you know, we didn't get what we expected um, either. You know, there's a decent amount of p-hacking going on that I see, but there's also the, well, you know, if it didn't come up with what we wanted it to, it's just not going to get published anywhere. Publishing it is, is obviously crucial to to making progress as a field. So, I can see that being useful. I mean, I think I think that what's interesting in, in talking to um, people in different in in a bunch of different fields is that there's every every field has its own kind of uh, subtle and you know subtleties and nuances and and this is something that you mentioned in your field and we're open uh, to to all of these things. You know, like we said, we we we've put the platform out there and the way that the way that I've been using it is maybe relatively straightforward because um, I guess the field that I happen to be in is, is a relatively straightforward one. You, you write papers, you put, you publish them. 
if you're working in theory, for example. But we realize that other fields have a lot of, you know, other aspects to them. And, you know, whether it's the field or not, individuals might just have an idea for how they would like to uh, organize their workflow or their research process. And, uh, you know, we, we, we hope to create a platform that's as flexible as possible. So I'm going to link to obviously two researchers, one and encourage my listeners to check it out. I'm also going to link to, uh, I believe, that there's an article coming out soon. Uh, and did you say it was going to be in the Atlantic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, t- November 1st, uh, we're expecting a, uh, well, there's, there's going to be a feature article uh, on work that's been published in Researchers One. And it's really a, a very exciting uh, case because it's work from, from a guy who named Francis Perret, who was a physicist who worked on his own theory of probability for 40 years and never got it published. Now, posthumously, his work is going to be, his collected works are going to be published in the uh, in Researchers One. Actually, it already has been published in Researchers One, and there's a, an article tomorrow in the Atlantic. Uh, I think this is a, a very cool platform, and I hope that listeners will check it out and you know consider publishing in researchers one and definitely consider peer reviewing on researchers one so harry and ryan i want to thank you both for your time i really appreciate it and thanks for sharing this exciting news with us yeah no problem thanks for having a lot thanks for having us